Good evening, everyone. You are welcome to, to today's drive. And um, we've been on the fight series, Wild Pact 34. Glory to, to the name of Lord Most High. And um, today's topic is finishing stroke. And um, just like we, we do on Wednesdays, we we look at what um, we did the previous Sunday, and we get to, to dive deeper into it. So um, without wasting time, I'll, I'll quickly jump in, and um, we pray that the Holy Spirit will, will teach us by himself, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, on Sunday, Pastor Shola gave us um, a good dose. We got a good dose of Pastor Shola's teaching and um, on finishing, and the focus was finishing strong. The point is, a soldier always wants to finish strong. A soldier looks forward to going home on their two feet. A soldier looks forward to, to the, the recognition of their hard work, their commitment in, on the battlefield, and probably even medals to go with it. So, Finishing strong, yes, it's God's desire that we finish strong. But even as a soldier, you should be eager to, to finish strong. We have established in this fight series that we are soldiers. We are soldiers of Christ. Praise the Lord. And um, for this teaching on finishing strong, the anchor scripture remains the same, Isaiah 60, verse 22. I read it quickly. It says, from, I read it from the NLT. He says, the smallest family will become a thousand people, and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. You see, there are several references in Scripture, in Bible that talks about humble beginnings, talks about building momentum, and on and on and on. But the fact is, as the, the instructions we were given as believers, if you look at Matthew 28, verse 19, he says, go into the world and make disciples, right? Meaning, take the message, go out there and do your part and watch the Holy Spirit make that uh, instruction, make um, the, the instructions you've been giving, make that anointing you've been giving multiply in your hands. Your part is to be committed to being a good soldier of Christ. Like we know a good soldier will follow instructions. And therefore, our part is to follow the instructions of the Holy Spirit as he uses us as single entities. Yes, you as a single entity, the Lord, the Holy Spirit will use you to multiply the work. And from a single entity, it becomes a forest of believers to the glory of God. And that is how it goes on and on and on and fills the earth. To the glory of God. Now, this did not start in the New Testament. If you go to the Old Testament, when after the flood, what did God tell Noah in Genesis uh, 9? He read from 6b to 7. He said, You should go out there and populate the earth. Populate the earth with what? With who? Remember, it was just Noah and his children. And God said, Populate the earth with his kind. Same instructions in Genesis 1, verse 28. Where God told Ammon and, and, and Eve to be fruitful, to multiply. So the point is, God wants us to continue to multiply, to build forests out of single entities to the glory of God. And these forests are not just forests for forest sake, forests of believers. Praise the Lord. So God doesn't God, God has not changed his instruction. Hallelujah. Now there's a quote from uh, from last week's Sunday where Pastor said, Not everyone who starts finishes and not everyone who finishes actually finishes strong so you see starting is important without starting you're not even in the race you have to start to in contention to finish and god cares about how we finish so populating the earth is one thing but with whom and doing what is even more important now um pastor Shola made reference to several 
characters in the Bible that finished strong. He talked about Jesus uh, with um, the scripture reference from Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2. And read that on your own. Talked about Abraham. Um, I mean, if you read from Genesis 24 to Genesis and, uh, 24, verse 1, then Genesis 25, verse 8, the Bible states it clearly. Yes, Abraham finished strong. And let's look at David, King David. Look at 1 Kings 2, verse 10 to 12. David finished strong, according to that scripture. And if you look at all of these people, they walked with God. So the instructions are there. What do we need to carry out these instructions and achieve these targets that the Lord has set for us? And this brings us to our requirements for finishing strong. And we're going to talk about three basic requirements uh, this evening, just like we did during the Sunday service. And the first of it is God. Yes, your relationship with God is the first and most important requirement. Psalm 127 verse 1. It says, unless the Lord builds. So irrespective of your passion, it still boils down to what is God saying? What does God want? A quote from last Sunday says, you must start with him and go with him all the way until he completes your story. Now, we need to remember that the gifts of God are permanent. It's, yeah, God promises are conditional. Well, his, his gifts are permanent. He doesn't take them back. So as long as we are on it, <laughs> I mean, if God gives us the gift, but we can't sustain these gifts on our own. We still need God. And that's something that a lot of people fail to realize. Every other source is counterfeit. So you see, it's actually a very common occurrence to see people abandon their relationship with God because of the distractions of the benefits of the relationship in the first place. The benefits came from it, but they quickly forget and are distracted by the benefits. They forgot where the, they forget where the blessing has come from. You see, it, it, it's akin to somebody that um, that gets a very good job and the person gets a big payout, the person buys a house, the person buys cars, the person is comfortable, and the person begins to say, I really don't like that job, or I really don't have time to go to that job because I have to spend time in my new house, I have to spend time with my new wife, and on and on and on. Just doesn't make sense. So you see, the point is, God brings forth the blessings. He gives us these gifts. And we need, it is he that sustains the gifts. John 15, verse 5b says, For apart from me, you can do nothing. So you see here on earth, we live in a broken world that requires us to be constantly connected to our source. Else, we will drain out. You have to remain connected to God. Else, end of life, end of benefits. So, how do you feel strong when you are drained out? You can imagine a soldier that that is that is seeing the finish line but cannot get there because it's completely drained out. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. So. First requirement, God. That relationship with God has to be there. The fire on that altar needs to keep burning. The awareness that we cannot do anything without God has to be there. Praise the Lord. And the second, the second requirement, vision. What is the plan? There has to be a plan. A quote from last uh, from Sunday says, "You cannot finish talkless or finish right or strong without clear vision from above about your destination." God doesn't give you a vision and it disconnects. He holds the person by the hand because He knows we need Him. You have to remain connected every every step of the way. And guess what? God knows the entrance beginning. He knows all the options. He knows all the variables. He knows how things will play out. But God gives it to us as we can handle it. He doesn't dump it on us. 
Look, if for any reason at all, I mean, if you think about it, if God were to dump, tell you this is the plan, it gives you all the variables that could happen, all the options, that would be an overload. The person would crash from day one. So God is always there. That relationship has to be kept alive. For the vision that he has given, you need him to, to hold you by the hand and lead you along the line to so you can succeed without vision. This is the only way. I mean, you can imagine, you can imagine it's almost like um, you store, you get all the food you need to eat in one year and you store it at once. That would be a problem. It wouldn't taste right after one month. That is why God doesn't just give us a vision, tells us this is all it is and he puts the person out there. God has to be there every day. Everyone is born for a purpose. And it's God that determines that purpose. Jeremiah 1.5. And you see, God already made the plan because he's not a reactive or responsive God. He determines the who, the what, the how, the where, and the when. Obedience is what it's all about. Abraham did not need to get the full details before obeying God. He received the instructions. He believed the promise. Every other detail was left in the hands of God. And that is what the example you need to follow. When, when God gives you an instruction, obedience is the response that is required. Yes, you need clarity. And clarity comes from instructions from an obedient standpoint. Not excuses to cause delay and say, I'm trying to get clarity. Mm -hmm. It comes from when you are seeking clarity, you seek clarity from an obedient standpoint. You see, Pastor Shaw talked about um, distractions to, to visions. Distractions are everywhere. In the case of he used lots in the case of Abraham talking about, about distractions. And you know, the Bible said that Abraham was traveling with lots. Abraham became rich along the way and so did lots. Um, if there's time at the end of it, I'll, I'll probably I'll probably share a thought on the conflict that came up between Abraham and, and Lot, which led to their to their separation. If we have the time, but um, I'll, I'll continue with, the, with talking about distraction. A distraction may not necessarily be a bad thing. It may not just be what God has called you to do. God may have called you to operate in a particular place in ministry, but along the line, opportunities will come up. The person decide and do what God has called you to do, and also take the other opportunities before you know distractions, focus shifts, and the primary assignment begins to suffer because of these distractions. The fact is, you cannot finish strong when you are distracted. Fact is, opportunities can be distractions, but it's not every opportunity. I mean, opportunities can be distractions because it's not every opportunity you should take. It may not even be a trap from the enemy. It may not just be for you. Even when it seems like the opportunity is in the same line with your God-giving vision, let the Holy Spirit guide you. Do not go where God has not told you to go. When you are in doubt, ask. It may all look the same. It may look like it's part. I mean, it's, a, it's an offshoot of what God has called you to do. <laughs> but clarity is very important. Go to God and ask. Ask. Ask continually. You see, we can slack off sometimes. And God is always faithful. And that is why uh, visions can be reprogrammed and refreshed, like, like we learned on Sunday. Another quote from Sunday was, by spending quality time in ceaseless prayer, the vision will be reprogrammed and refreshed. So the point is, the more time we spend in prayer, the clearer God's vision for us becomes. So what are you hearing from God? What's the vision that God has given you? You see, one of the, the challenges soldiers have, you hear soldiers in conventional warfare that go, that, that go berserk, they, they commit war crimes. It's because they deviate from their primary charter. Distractions come in. The distractions may not even be their fault. Distractions come in. Emotional trauma comes setting. They allow other influ factors influence their, destruction, their decisions. And before you know, they're strong. You see, the fact is, the antidote to distraction and deviation from the vision God has given is to stay plugged 
to God. Stay connected. Early stay connected. So, factors to finishing strong. God, relationship with God, vision, and thirdly, relationships. Not just relationships, right relationships. Nobody's an island. And like we say in JFH, we're made for community. Another quote from Sunday is um, the journey of life for those who want to finish strong can never be traveled alone or without godly relationships. And that's the truth. So they have to walk alone. A lone soldier will not last long in battle. And you see, um, there's, a, there's, there's, a teaching, there's a teaching in NCR that, that really looks about relationships on that principle of the kingdom. Well, we'll talk about fellowship. In, for, for, I mean, in this part. So, I mean, if, if you've not done NCR, you should take the opportunity. It's online uh, right now. So go ahead, take the opportunity to do NCR. If you haven't finished, you can continue. The, I mean, talking about relationships, there's a, there's a particular class on that. Hallelujah. And um, in relationships, from that class, we will talk about vertical fellowship, which is between you and God, relationship with the Holy Spirit, and horizontal, which is between uh, between people, between men. Points one and two, talking about the vision. I mean, God, relationship with God and the vision. It's not about our vertical relationships. Vertical fellowship. And... Uh, while uh, our relationship with men is what we are going to now focus on in this horizontal, in um, this uh, third point, which is horizontal fellowship. Horizontal fellowship deals with your relationship between between men, between people, people of God. Now, horizontal fellowship is the type of relationship we are focusing on, and it's very important to God, very, very important to God. God did not make us as islands. In fact, it's a demand that heaven places on us. If you read 1 John 4, verse uh, 20 to 21, it talks about, you cannot say you love God and not love people. Matthew 28, 19 talks about, go out there and make disciples of every nation. You need relationships to do these things. And for us to obey these uh, scriptures, we must build those relationships. So, Talking about relationship with people that are in authority over you, which is the mentor-mentee relationship, father-child relationship, for guidance, accountability partners, those are um, vertical relationships now. The truth is, everyone that leads must first become a follower. Some people are called natural born leaders, but, but they learn from somewhere and someone. So even when you have vertical relationships, you are, I mean, you are the one at the top of the ladder. For you to be able to have that kind of relationship, you should have it should have been inverted at the time. You should have grown to that point. You see, you must first be a ladder holder before people will hold the ladder for you. If you have never gone through a mentorship session, you find out that if you try to mentor somebody, you run, you, you are run into challenges. If you have never followed, you cannot lead. And you find out that you begin to struggle in relationships like that, where you are at the top of the ladder. You see, there's this quote I heard a long time ago, and it stuck with me. It says, life is in phases, and men are in sizes. Build your vertical relationships, and don't take people for granted. Whether it's the vertical upwards or downwards, irrespective of where you are on it, don't take people for granted. The person looking up to you for guidance should not be trampled on, just because you can't. Another quote I like from last Sunday when he says, uh, Pastor John said, God takes sides with the underdog. Be careful how you treat people who are below you. So, talking about this uh, horizontal, uh, I mean, talking about relationships, you have the vertical, you have the horizontal, where vertical is suggesting bottom up, top bottom relationship, and you have the horizontal where you have relationships amongst peers. Relationship between be, between pairs. And the scripture tells us that iron sharpens iron. 
So don't even take it for granted. Don't take the fact that you have very good relationships with mentors, leaders, spiritual father. So every other person on the same level with you, eventually it doesn't matter. <laughs> Everyone counts. Everybody matters. And you know, um, let me quickly dive into the, the, the horizontal relationship. Sometimes we feel like one person is giving everything. The person may even describe the relationship as parasitic. So it's toxic. He says it's unfruitful. I mean, on and on and on and on. What's this person? What am I getting back? But the fact is God orchestrates everything and has not put people in our lives by coincidence. So whether you want to describe it as toxic or parasitic, there's a reason for that relationship. For some people, God put them in our lives for a season. And for others, yes, it's for a lifetime. How do you determine if it, the relationship is, is, season, is seasonal or is for a lifetime? Well, that's a homework. That's out of the scope of today's teaching because it will just take too long. So that, that, that's a homework for today. But a major factor in this decision is what is God saying? You cannot make a decision solely based on the emotions or, or, or optics. There's always more when you are walking and walking with God. You see, the truth is, people may go through the same phase in life they have passed through and react differently. Not because they are lazy or they have failed, but because they are different from us. And therefore, they may not be able to handle the things as well as we did. So what do we say about people like that? You, you end up mentoring somebody like, I oh, this person is not serious. You see, remember that you may have been sized differently and therefore you cope to those situations in that particular phase of your life in a different way compared to the people that or, or the person that you're in a relationship with. It doesn't mean that person will not get out of that phase. The person will get out of the phase and in the next phase, the person is obviously probably decides differently. So the point is, it's very easy to judge others. I, I, I saw this quote a while ago. It's also stuck with me. It's very easy to judge others by their actions or judge ourselves by our intentions. So, I mean, let, let's think about it when we, before we begin to cast expressions, before we begin to complain, before we begin to define people. It's very easy to judge by their actions. But when we're in that boat, hey, we, we judge by our own intentions. So the point is, respect is earned. But it should not be hoarded. Learn to respect people and their feelings. If you cannot respect people and their feelings, you find out that you struggle with relationships. So it's not enough to have a relationship with God and not be able to have a relationship with men. It's not enough to have vertical relationship with uh, your spiritual father or a mentee or an accountability partner, but when it comes to that horizontal relationship, you begin to struggle. We shouldn't take anybody for granted. Praise the Lord. So, um, so I mean, in, in conclusion, it's about how do we finish strong? What is required in relationship with God, God, vision, and both of them actually reflect on your vertical fellowship, ethical fellowship, while relationship, also about vertical, but also, I mean, it's about horizontal. That is where you now begin to see little men. Look, the most anointed man of God is still a man. So that is why it is, a, I mean, it's a horizontal fellowship, vertical relationship. Praise the Lord. So um, at this point, I'll bring in we do not have time to talk about Lot and uh, Abraham's conflict anymore. So I'll, I'll bring in our panelists for today. And I have two wonderful people. Uh, Victoria Elijah Bassi and Tevidaya Desire. Welcome, people. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. How are we today? We're good, we're good. Okay, um, we'll dive right in. Um, we'll start with, I'll start with how we're lined up on my screen. So, we'll start with Victoria. Um, 
talking about um, social service, what stood out for you? Um, what stood out for me was the fact that, yes, you would start weak, but you continue to grow in strength when you remain at the feet of God in order to finish strong. So, yes, the journey would not be smooth. It won't be, it won't be pleasing. There are some times where you feel like giving up. There are some times when you feel like, okay, like, what am I even doing here? Like, can't I just opt out and just live, live my life the way I want to? But in order to stay focused on God, you need to keep coming to him, keep asking him for guidance, keep asking him for protection, keep asking him to show you the paths on which you can take to finish. So what's that for me? Staying at God's feet, even when it's not making sense. Yeah, stay, stay connected, stay, stay plugged in. Yes, stay plugged into God. Um, anything stood okay. out for you? Yes, thank you, Pastor Asote. Um, what stood out for me is um, one of, I think one of the first quotes that says um, not everybody finishes and um, if not everybody that finishes finishes strong and then um, for me what that uh, relates to me is more like even though we are running a race we're not running a race we're not competing with anybody we are all by ourselves there's no competition whatever competition you have is by the competition is you know with yourself you don't have any other person you are competing with. It's you because you know your strength, you know your weaknesses. So you don't look at what other people are doing. You face where you are going to, you face your race. Whether you finish or you finish or you don't finish, you still need to know where, you, where your strength lies and where your weaknesses lie. So you are able to move um, smoothly without anybody distracting you. That, I mean, gives you the focus all the way till you finish your race. So that was what stood out for me. Stay on your lane. Yes, stay on your lane. Well, yeah, excellent. I mean, not everybody that starts finishes, not everybody finishes strong. And you see, it brings us back to 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 what we're, we're talking of about the relationship with God, the vision. Think about it. Let's even go into that quote. I talked about not everybody that uh, starts finishes and everybody that uh, finishes well. Now, God brings the vision, and this is the vision. What's the next step? God tells you the next step, right? Mm. Now, if you don't stay on your lane, you are looking at what the other people are doing. Before you know, you'll be comparing what God has told you to do with what the other person is doing. Let's even assume it's God that's telling that person to do it like that. The vision, the, the vision is it's straightforward. Going out there and make disciples. How you carry it is a function of what God has told you to do. When God puts you on this lane and you say, ah, that lane looks like, uh, you know the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. It's just like the this popular law of traffic. The minute you change lane, your lane stops moving. <laughs> That's true. So I mean, keep your eyes. They're, they're, uh, well, do if do you want to go around again? Ramp, uh, something I want to say before I bring in one of that dimension to what we're talking about. Okay, um, um but I would like to. Um, adds one more thing. Um, I would like to relate my earlier point with, um, okay, I, I'm a teacher and I work in a school and I want to relate it to education. I know that schools, most schools now don't do position in terms of, okay, this child came first, this child came second, and this child came third. I don't know about other schools, but the school where I teach, we stopped it. Now, the reason is because by the time you even, even if you say a child comes first, what is the cumulative percentage that child has? You can have a class of 15 children and the highest percentage, and the highest percentage is 65%, which is not like an A. So you can't say that child came, the child, okay, well, you can say the child came first, but it's not an A. So the child has not finished strong in that sense. 
So, um, and, and, and another thing is, even in schools, just like I, I, I'm sorry, I have to just use school because I'm trying to relate it to a very, you know, lowest, to the very lowest level. You know, when children are doing exams and maybe the exam is for one hour, after like 45 minutes, you see some children, they've written and they, have, they are done and they submit. And the other children start looking at as in, this child has finished. That means this child is very hot and everything. Meanwhile, you are not sure what that child has written or whether what he or she has done is correct. At the end of the day, by the time the result comes out, they're like, ah, but this child is always finishing first, always doing this and always doing that. So how come, you know, he or she didn't get this pass mark? So it's just, based, I, mean, I mean, that's the all-encompassing thing I can still bring out of it, that you need to know what, you are, what are you doing? Are you, do you want to get the pass mark? Do you want to get an A? Now, do you understand what you have been taught? Are you learning so you are able to apply those things you have learned, you know, pract in practical life? So that's basically, you know. Wow. Thanks. It's, 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 it's about, yes, who is, who is doing the grading? What are we grading? What standards are we using? If I think about it, the world standard is not God's standard. So the standard the world says refers to as finish strong is not the same standard God uses to, 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 to determine if a person has finished strong or not. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Um, Vita, do you have anything you want to add? Um, no, no, um, We talked about the structure. Right? Yes. Distractions can affect how you finish. Distractions is two ways. There's a person that God has called that can be distracted. And there's a person that is a beneficiary of um, what God is doing around. And the person gets distracted. This is the story of Lot and Abraham that I said I'll talk about. If you read, that, if you read Genesis 13, verse 1 to 8, he talked about, yes, God called Abraham. And Abraham became very wealthy as a journey to where God had called him to go, right? The Bible says God called Abraham. Lot tagged along. Now, whether it's Abraham that said, follow me, or Lot said, I must follow you, the point is, Lot was tagging along. So we can say, Lot was living in Abraham's house. I was acquiring properties inside Abraham's house. So it's a scenario of Abraham has a large parking space. A lot decide half of this parking space. I'm going to take it and buy cars and put it. But maybe Abraham down. Right? So if you think we're attacking along, you should plan for it. But not allow it interfere with your benefactor. Unless you are ready to go out on your own. People will squat and marry inside somebody's house. Now, in the case of lots, they are not even reached where they were going to. And they were already dragging territory with Abraham. Whether he did it on his own or it was the servant that were doing it, the point is the servants and Abraham's servants had conflict. You know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. So you think about it. Could Lot have been humble in holding Abraham's ladder, irrespective of the opportunities that came his way? Maybe. Maybe he would not have ended up in Sodom and Gomorrah. Maybe God would have settled him at the right time and sent him off to another region. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, if he had taken a cue from Abraham and followed the God of Abraham, if he had seen the relationship God had with Abraham and said, look, I want to learn and follow this, I mean, have this kind of relationship. Maybe if he had keyed into the vision that you know, God, when God gives a vision, God calls somebody and he gives the vision, right? God can instruct you to be there. Or you find yourself there and you know that this is where God wants me to be. But it's still optional. Do you remain or you decide that uh, if God can give this man his vision, he should give me my own vision too. By the grace of God, God will give you your vision. But before God gives you your vision, the vision that you have, you have keyed into, what are you doing about it? So you see, God gave, um, he could have keyed into the vision God gave Abraham. 
He could have maintained the relationship with Abraham. Now, maintain that relationship. The between him and Abraham, it would have been a vertical relationship, right? Mentor the relationship for Abraham to mentor him, even at the cost of his personal wealth. Who knows? Maybe his story would have been different. But at the end of the day, what happened to the wealth that he had gathered? So when we bring this home to the point of finishing strong, yes, some people will say, but God has not called me. God has not given me the vision. Praise God. But where has God told you to be planted? Everyone is planted somewhere. Everybody is a ladder of somebody. Everybody will grow. By the grace of God, everybody will grow. And those that God will pull out, let God call them out. But when we begin to work with our... When we begin to drag... Even when uh, we haven't heard what God said, God said it to this person. The man has come to tell us this is what God has said. And we say, okay, since God said it like this, it will be like that, 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 and that. For some people, it's ambition. They think it's ambition. But the truth is, in the presence of God, authority is very important. Praise the Lord. So, I mean, I just wanted to, 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 to share that one out. I mean, let's think about the Lot and Abraham relationship. And now think about, look at it from the point of finishing strong. The Bible tells us that Abraham finished strong. Yes, the focus was on Abraham. But there was a lot in the picture at one point in time. How come Lot fell out from the picture? After all, when God called Moses, it was Moses that was in the picture. I mean, but at the end of the day, we heard of Caleb. We heard about Joshua, right? Those guys kidding. They held the ladder. While the leaders from the other 10 tribes, they had their own stories to tell. Praise the Lord. So we'll bring it back home. We'll bring it home. What is the vision that you have keyed into? What are you doing as you have keyed into the vision? Anyway, um, do we have questions on <laughs> from Sunday from teaching? So, so we don't go on and on and on. Um, for me, I don't have a question, but I have a comment. Um, you you said it earlier. You receive clarity from an obedient standpoint. That is true. The fact that you are running a race and you know what God has asked you to do. It's another thing for you to listen when he's talking to you. If he says, go left, he knows that left is good for you. But you, you are seeing right, and right is looking juicy, and you're like, hmm, but God, how far now? Let me go, let me go this other way. Looking like this will work. But being at that standpoint of obedience and following through, I think makes the journey shorter, and you finish well. That's that's what I told you. the journey yeah. shorter. What, what if the journey is not short as you had planned or you are taught? What That's the point where you remain at his feet. We need to keep guiding you. We, we just have to remain there. Yes. Remain there. We keep knocking. We keep Absolutely. following the instructions. We keep going. And look, it, it, it's very key. Where even in even in ministry, as you see today, when you are giving an instruction, you don't stop doing it because it feels like it's not necessary anymore. You keep doing what you have been told to do until you are told that it is not necessary anymore. Mm. A lot of times, we, we try to assume. We try to assume because. I mean, from where our own standpoint, probably have seen. So this is this is the after all the vision says it is this. I have reached here. So what next? Okay. Um, if we for those that, that join us on the different platforms, you have questions. You have uh, your moderators on the platform. Please send me your questions. And by the grace of God, we will be able to answer questions. Yeah. Okay, um, Tobidai, any questions? Comments? Okay, um, yes, I have um I have two questions. And the first one okay. is about vision. The vision, you know, 
oftentimes organizations when they start they when they start their company or their corporate organi or corporate organizations or co anything they come up with a vision and i have noticed that i think most times those people that are starting that organization don't really know the vision they just maybe they just go to google and just type out something just because they said okay you need to have a vision but there's really no vision in i mean in real realistically so when the company now starts and along the line you realize that this vision i said i have created for my company it's not just that's not what i mean that's not what it seemed i want for my company and might want to change it along the line or is it that or the vision someone creates and is already that person has knows what that vision is about but when you have employees come in you you find out that they don't understand that vision at all they don't see it on your own in your own level now to as a christian in those two instances how do you manage that what do you do in the first instance do you decide that okay is because god did not tell me or i just googled it that's why i have to change it or it's possible you just did it and it's just flowing but the second one as in okay i have to change it because i can see that people that are with me are not they don't understand that vision so let me create something that i feel everybody will flow with so as a christian you know how do you manage those two situations what do you do to ensure that god you are doing what god has said this is the vision for this company I'll, I'll start with the second question. Okay. You cannot change your vision for somebody. In the corporate environment, if the people that are working with you, let's refer to them as people that are already on the bus, if they cannot align, then you get them off the bus. Let them come down and look for a vision they can key into. Then you look, you will find the right people. If it is God that has given you that vision, God will send you that one. So that one so you don't change your vision for people. It's your vision. You are the one God has given you, are running with it. Now, for the issue of um, do you change it because. Uh, you when you started you just came up with it right it's possible a lot of people started off not really knowing what they were doing a lot of companies started off in a particular thing and they ended up in another place because sometimes we start these things because maybe everybody's doing it maybe we saw that ah, there's money here jumping but the point is what is god saying remember there's a quote that 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 uh, that um, Pastor Shola gave. Where he said, "Visions can be um, refreshed." Yes, he says it can be reprogrammed, and the vision will be reprogrammed and refreshed when you continue. You spend quality time praying. So, I remember Romans eight twenty eight, where God says, "All things work together for good." For those that love the Lord, right? So, assuming a believer has a vision for the company and um, they really pray about it, or just put it out there that this is my vision. When you go to God, when the time you realize and you begin to 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 to, to, to speak with with God, when you remain there and God says, "Let it be," you may never understand the vision at the point. You may have come up with the vision and not fully understood what you are written down. And God says, stay with it because I'm the one who formed you. And you will run in line with this. Or God says, change it. The point is, you need to be clear on what God is saying. And you need to be ready before you got clear. Make up your mind to be obedient. Because when there is um, when there's a lack, when, when we are not willing to, to take whatever God says. It means we have already programmed our mind to only hear what we think we want to hear. And the funny thing is, we all know what we want. We not, I mean, 
As an adult, you know what you want. The point is, do you know what you need? So like the vision, you knew what you wanted and said, this is what I wanted at that time. And God by saying, that is what you actually need. You just did not even know you needed it then. Now you have come and I'm telling you, this is what you need. But God says, mm, that's what you wanted then. This is what you need. So it's not, it might, it might look like the person is, 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 is not steady. Mm -mm. Let God be the judge of whether you are steady or not. The standards of the world very different from the standard that God that God uh, God uses. So God gives a vision. And the truth is, what is the plan? We talked about the plan in Matthew 28, 19. This is the plan. That's the plan. That's the plan that he has been since the Old Testament. How we go about that plan, how God uses us to go about that plan is what differs. Thank you. So, I mean, does that answer? Yes, it does. It does. Then my second question. Sorry. Um, I, I wanted to go, I wanted to ask a question about relationships. You know, there was a place where um, he talked about building a good relationship with people that are below you. And then um, I will relate that to maybe subordinates at work and all that. It doesn't really have to be a junior staff. It could be somebody that is just somebody that reports to you. Now, what do you do? I know this is a question similar to all what we have been asking about um, fighting. And um, it's always, it always comes up. There's always a relation. And I know that, yes, it always comes up. But some, most times, we need to be reminded, if not all the time, that what we need to do. Now, if people below you, you, are, you have a good relationship with them, or you try to build a good relationship with them, but they take it for granted, or they just don't want that good relationship. They just don't want it. Personally, I'll be sincere for me. I'll just build a wall and I'll keep making it official. As, as a leader, I try to make somebody needs very comfortable with me. I joke with them. I laugh with them and all that. But at some point, I think um, that um, instead of taking it for granted and I started making it official. And it, it seemed like I was very, um, will I say, hard in quotes. And I felt bad so I wasn't thinking that, what, am I, did I do anything wrong? How would I mend this? How, what, what can I do, you know, to mend it, to make it just, I want to just keep it that way in order to avoid being hurt, so to speak, or being, uh, will I say, disrespected or taken for granted, more like it, yes. Uh, you have reminded me of, uh, I'll, I'll tell somebody about one of my younger sisters, all were growing up, she always used to frown. And she say she doesn't want them to see her finish. <laughs> ah, see, finish. Look at it. People will be people. People will always take people for granted. That is a given. Now, as a Christian, what do you do? It is official. HR policies are not condescending. HR policies have proper guidelines. The truth is, no matter how nice you are, you shouldn't breach the rules just because you are a Christian, then you will allow certain things to fly. Everybody should be responsible for their actions. So you have a good relationship with them. That is, that is good HR. HR encourages good relationships. HR encourages team bonding, even between subordinates and junior. HR encourages it, right? But HR doesn't encourage. I mean, HR frowns at um, what's the word I've used now? Um, what's the word I've used for disrespect? Disrespect. Uh, insubordination. Insubordination, yes. So you have to, there have to be clear lines. In the office, I'm your boss. Even if I smile with you, does not mean insubordination. So there's nothing about being too hard there or not. What is bad is wrong. So the lines are clear. Now, on the issue of outside the office, people are people. Because you will come to realize that you might you might have a colleague that may be junior to you in position, but might be very wise, might be very connected out there. In the office, this is our relationship. Outside the office, it's a different relationship. We can we may be mates. 
So there must be clear lines. And even when it's outside the office, doesn't mean because you want to build good relationships with people, people will begin to disrespect you. For Christ's sake, you are you carry the spirit of God. You are respectable. The same way you respect even people that you seem to be on a higher pedestal than they are. That is the same way every people should also respect. We should respect each other. So for people that do not know how to, I mean, the office is clear. Outside the office is where the lines may look a little weary. People that do not, because the person might be attending the same church with you, and the person now decides that because I attend the same church with this person, uh, um, outside the office, I can stay. Look, let's just respect each other. And if the person cannot, there has to be clear lines. It's not about hating the person. Look, you don't spend time worrying about what you told somebody if it's the right thing. Because you need to be guided, guided by what you say. You don't say hurtful words. So when you say the right thing, <laughs> you can go to bed. It is the person, the offender, that will not be able to sleep. <laughs> you get. So let us just do what is right. Irrespective of how we want to build relationships, right is right, wrong is wrong, bad is wrong. So if the person, there was a time. I had a staff that was trying to play on, on religious backgrounds just because, oh, uh, pastor. Mm -hmm. Don't bring pastor into this office. Why well, have to walk? It's true. I cannot say you, I cannot be counseling you inside the office. You want counseling, let's go to church. When, when we meet outside here, why have to do this? It's straight. So, I mean, let's, the lines are very clear. And, but you do not change. You are who you are. If you can be straightforward in the office, or rather, if you can be straightforward in church, if you can be respectable, if you can do the right thing, if you can treat people right in church, you should be able to treat people right in the office. So people do not say there are two different people. Who, there's the one of church and then the one of office. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I, I, I hope that answers your, your question. Yes, thank you, Pastor Sete. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Thank you.